This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, hello and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson will join us with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And the Premier's office announced this week the B.C. government has absolutely no plans to bring Uber, Lyft, or any other ride-sharing company to Vancouver anytime soon. This came as a result of an Instagram post by Vancouver TV host Gillian Harris, who complained about the lack of options after being tossed out of a taxi recently. The B.C. Premier has blamed ICBC, our, quote, unique public insurer, unquote, as part of the reason we haven't done anything on this file yet. Consultation with industry is the other reason for no activity. Industry, in this case, the powerful taxi lobby that contributes big bucks to political parties at all levels. So, for the short term, Vancouver remains the largest city in North America without a ride-sharing service. Legislation, legislation rather, is still promised for some time this fall, but nobody seems confident anything will actually get done. Not a lot of encouragement for passengers here. Soccer fans gathering to watch the World Cup might soon be in for a rude awakening as beer shortages loom across Moscow, the host city, along with other parts of of Europe. As crowds descend on Moscow and other cities to watch their favorite teams, bars and restaurants in the Russian capital say they're running low on beer and are having to wait longer for fresh supplies. Quote, we just didn't think they would only want beer, says one waiter at an upscale eatery in central Moscow. He said his restaurant, which ran out a draft lager on Monday, has been taking over 24 hours to get deliveries because supplies are also running low. Quote, there really are a lot of people in Moscow, and they're all drinking. It's hot and it's football, <laughs> close quote. While Anheuser-Busch InBev didn't comment on rumors of the shortage, Heineken has told reporters sales are doing well for them and saw no challenges in keeping up with demand. One bartender said soccer fans had drank over 211 gallons of beer in three days, starting with the cheap lager before moving on to more expensive bottled options. The sun makes them thirsty, he said, of his customers. In Russian, we say... To the bottom. I like that these guys are embracing our culture. Meanwhile, a CO2 shortage in the UK is threatening beer supply there as well as other carbonated beverages amid, of course, the World Cup festivities. A new report from Participation this week was not kind to Canadian kids, saying our young people are spending too much time in front of their screens and not spending enough time doing, quote, heart-pumping physical activity. This lack of exercise is harmful to brain health and earned our kids a D-plus rating. Now, this is actually an improvement from the last report four years ago when our kids got a D-minus. Researchers found that only only 35% of kids from the age of 5 to 17, and a greater number, 62% of kids in the 3 to 5 year age group, are getting the recommended physical activity for their age groups. 
Both groups are also getting more screen time than is recommended. In addition to the negative effects this is having on heart health, muscle strength, sleep, and weight, the report's authors also find that this kind of lack of physical activity is having consequences in Canadian classrooms. Kids who get the recommended amount of physical activity are more creative, better able to solve problems, and like less likely to make mistakes or suffer from mental health problems and anxiety than their peers that do not. They also have better memories, longer attention spans, and better self-esteem. So, what's the bottom line? The Canadian 24-hour movement guidelines recommend that children from the ages of 5 to 17 spend at least 60 minutes a day participating in physical activity. Now, for little kids, 3 to 5, that number is 180 minutes. That's 3 hours. But the report notes that some physical activity is much better than none. School is out for the summer. What activity plans do you have for the kids in your life? A&W announced this week they're going vegan with the Beyond Meat Burger being added to their burger family next month. A&W describes the new burger as the world's first plant-based burger that looks, cooks, and tastes just like a beef burger. This new addition also bleeds due to beet content in the mix, and you'll be able to buy one as of July 9th across Canada. We will look forward to your reactions on Vancouver Consumer. Those are some of the week's top stories we're keeping a watch on. We'll look at a few more later in the hour. Stay with us because up next, John Carlson is back with lots more on the Metro Vancouver real estate situation and how 1% Realty might just be exactly what you need to help sell your home and save you money, too. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Consumer here on 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. The 1% Guy is back with us on Vancouver Consumer. Good afternoon, John. Hi, Sterling. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Let's uh, let's start with an overview of the Metro Vancouver real estate situation. And let me begin by reminding you how you described it two weeks ago. And we'll see what's happened since. You said it's not as insane as it used to be. It's settled a little bit, but it's still awful busy. That's right. You know, I've I've been keeping busy and I know a lot of other agents have, but uh, the market is not what we might have remembered at the all-time insane crazy peaks. Right. Uh, we're finding that uh, sales are down across the board in terms of activity compared to the all-time highs. Uh, we're looking at uh, some figures that are down in the, you know, in the in the averages lower than the last 10 years. So we've definitely seen a little bit of a decline. Having said that, good listings are still selling. Uh, they might not sell instantly, and in fact, they might not sell for as much money, depending on what segment you're segment sure. looking at. Right, right. Uh, so there is a bit of an adjustment happening, but a lot of good, strong fundamentals in the market. The market continues to move along, and it's just uh, we've taken a step back from uh, the time and the pace that was really unsustainable. Well, and you know, and who wants to live with that kind of furious pace all the time anyway? It makes decision-making difficult because you have to do everything so fast. You don't get time to think things through necessarily the way that some big ticket items need to be thought through. So all we have perhaps nowadays, John, is a little more thinking time. There are definitely some good things about the market slowing down. In fact, uh, you know, I'm involved in a sale right now where the people, uh, well, we're, we're just in the offer stage, uh, but where the people were saying to me, John, you know, hey, can we write a subject to sale offer? We haven't sold yet. The last year we've been looking at moving, but 
we can't buy anything because, you know, we're afraid to put our house on the market and not know where we're going. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we can't write a subject to sale offer because we just can't compete. Well, now we're out there looking at properties, knowing that their house will likely sell in a reasonable period of time if we market it well, price it well. And, you know, they can go out and explore and take their time and compare. So I would suggest for buyers or young buyers, first-time buyers, uh, you know, anybody actually who's looking to sell and buy again, upsize, downsize, there are some advantages in this market for you mm-hmm. if you want to understand it. And yet the dynamic, and this is uh, also in the in the papers this week, the dynamic that drives the market, of course, is demand. We have the supply, and look at the cranes around the city. The supply yeah. is still coming on down, but it's about demand. And uh, as recently as this week and the new Stats Can census numbers, we're over 37 million in Canada now. And here in British Columbia, in Metro Vancouver, John, 30,000 people move to this part of Canada Every year, that's your demand built in just because of our popularity and our geographical location. Yes, absolutely. That's that's one of the factors that's going to, to help uh, sustain the real estate market and right. the strength that we've come to know it as. Even though things have changed a little bit, that's one of the big factors. The demand side is strong. And I would suggest to people uh, that the demand out there, even though the number, the sales volume seems to be down a little bit right now, there have been a lot of changes introduced to the market. That's the financial true. financial stress test and some provincial changes in taxes and regulations. You bet. And I think that some of the demand is stepped back on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. And uh, I think that will explain uh, a big part of the, the slower sales figures. But our market, in my humble opinion, is not driving off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It's just simply adjusting to some of the new realities and... Uh, Let's face it, prices are still not cheap out there. Absolutely not. Uh, And as far as slower sales figures goes, that's not even a blanket statement either, is it? We have some slower sales activity in some areas. For example, the high-end, super-duper, costly, pricely uh, mansions and so on. We've seen some reduction in prices at that ridiculously high end of the scale that we can only dream about. But in the, the, the townhouse sector, and particularly in the apartment condominium sector, there's been no reduction in prices that I'm aware of around the city, or are you? Well, the game has changed even in those segments, okay. quite frankly. Uh, whereas a, a condo listing that might have sold instantly uh, in the peak of the market now might take you a few weeks, and uh, you might want to price it a little bit sharper. So we're going to be looking, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the June stats when, when they finally hit in July. But I think the market's just been carrying on in a similar fashion the last month or two or three where uh, overall activity is down a bit. Uh, condos and townhomes and affordable segments are going to be more resilient to that. Sure. There's a bigger pool of potential buyers. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned it's in demand. These All products. those people moving got to live somewhere. That's right. So regardless of what type of property you have, if you're out in the greater Vancouver area or Fraser Valley and you think it might be time for a fresh evaluation or you think it might be time to consider putting your home on the market, a good agent can really help you uh, understand what's going on in the market right now and that pricing uh, strategy and all that sort of stuff. So I invite people to go to my website or, or give me a call and, and we can talk about that. All right, Johnny 1% is the website, johnny1percent.com to be specific. And on that website, there's all sorts of terrific information, including about halfway down the homepage, you'll find a grid that indicates uh, the commission sales that uh, would be asked by competitive realtors versus the commissions that are charged by 1% realty. And it's all there in black and white. And uh, you can just 
just see as plain as the nose on your face the money, how easy it is to save money with 1% Realty. So it's johnny1percent.com. And on the real, on the website, you'll also find a, a button to click to arrange for an evaluation if you're up for that. Or you can just get, grab the phone number and give John a call at your convenience. Give me a few more minutes with him. But <laughs> when the show's over, he'll be available at 604 612 0080. Again, that's 604 612 0080. Also in the news this week from the Canadian Real Estate Association, uh, a story about millennials, John, and young Canadians are not balking, but they're being a little skittish about getting into the home game. Prohibitive prices, of course, are intimidating, but so's getting into the housing game in the first place. So for young buyers and possibly first time young sellers, it is a different game. It's a game that you've never played before, and the stakes are pretty high. So what about tips for, for young people who are contemplating maybe saving some money, maybe making financial arrangements on the sidelines, sure. but not quite there yet, John? Well, I work with a lot of young families, and that really goes towards the 1% realty business model. Uh, you know, And my theory is that uh, a young family, is it, money is important. Yeah. And if you're buying for the first time or if you're selling and maybe buying a bigger place because you've had a couple of kids – Every bit of that money that you put down or every bit of equity you can get out of the sale of a home is going to be important in terms of getting your place. So I do work with a, with a lot of young families, and, and there are some strategies that, uh, that a young buyer can, or, a, or a home owner, a young family who's selling a home can, can employ. Um, a lot of times newer, younger people are not as familiar with the market. It might be their first time, and that's where, again, a good agent can step in and help give a lot of good advice. But it is tougher, I think, right now for the younger crowd because, let's face it, incomes have not skyrocketed, but real estate prices have. Yeah, uh, and, and the stress test hasn't really helped them out a whole lot either in terms of their purchasing power. That's right, but on the other hand, that stress test might be uh, pretty good in the long run to make sure that everybody stays healthy and above ground and above water, if you know what I mean. Well, absolutely, and that's why it's there in the first place, isn't it? Yes, but just to answer your question, I find that uh, young families, first-time buyers, are considering some of the following moves. Uh Getting financing. Sometimes that's the bank of mom and dad. Yes. They find that mom and dad have equity in their home, and oftentimes they want to offer some of that out to the kids to get them started in the market. So mm-hmm. that's a great thing to do. Uh, if not, there are RRSP and first-time buyer programs available out there that people might want to check out. Some young buyers will want to go further east. Maybe they grew up in Vancouver or Burnaby, but they find that they might be buying in Pitt Meadows or Maple Ridge or sure. because they want a detached house. And that's been a trend for many years. But really, over these past 10 years, with the market soaring the way it has, that's become more of a trend. And so it becomes doing the math. you got to sit down, because if you're going to move from, say, the west side to Maple Ridge, well, you're going to incur some travel costs that you don't have now. Now, that's going to be offset by a larger presumably more affordable home and a much better quality of life. So again, there's some homework here, John. It's just not cut and dried, is it? No, not cut and dried, and it's really individual. It depends on the situation, what your work situation is, school, family, kids. But um, people that want to get in the market or maybe who are thinking of selling, upsizing, downsizing, give me a call, go to my website. I'm happy to talk to you individually about any of these things. Now, you talked about a young family on the program a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they had two young children that you had helped them sell their house and move into another one. And in the course of doing business with them, uh, you had saved this particular family $17,000. And as you just said a few moments ago, when you're just getting started out, the kids are little and, and it's all just a big, bad, intimidating 
fascinating world out there. Every penny helps. And if you can save a young family serious thousands of dollars simply by doing a 1% realty business, well, then so much the better for that young family. And you, this is not the only example you can show us either. Well, this is, this is my niche, really. And the, the thing I will say is that commissions are not set. There are no set commission rates. So when I say I'm saving a client money in, on this program, I'm really comparing to a very prevalent um, commission structure in the real estate industry. And that's 7% of the first 100000 and 2.5% of the balance. Mm-hmm. There are other commission structures out there, obviously. But compared to the predominant one, yes, I can save clients thousands and thousands of dollars. In fact, um, I think we're going to hear from maybe one of my clients, and I've not heard from her yet. But okay. recently, uh, we met a, a lady out in North Coquitlam and her husband. Uh, her husband's father's home uh, apparently was ready to be sold, and I got the call. Maybe we should hear about that now. All right, Ben, let's, uh, let's hear from Sandy right now. I'd heard him on the radio, and this was before um, that we even knew we'd be selling, and uh, we we weren't even interested in selling at that point, and I found myself still listening on the radio to him and found him very interesting and, um, and like I said, found myself listening even though I wasn't at that point um, interested in selling. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? This speaks very well to your uh, developing radio skills, among other things there, John. Uh, and, and Ben and I, of course, are absolutely thrilled that Sandy listens to the program here on CKNW. Thank you. Bless your heart, Sandy. But most importantly, uh, Sandy wasn't particularly in the market, wasn't particularly into playing the game. But over the course of understanding or coming to understand how 1% Realty does business, it just became, it made more and more sense to her as she listened more and more to the broadcast. It must have. That's the first I've heard that testimonial, but um, I think it must have made sense. When I went to meet them, I know they had talked to other agents, and they were a little bit um, put off at the commission structures that they'd heard. Uh, in the end, uh, we sold. It, it took us. It wasn't instant. I mean, that's the kind of market right now. Right. I was in the North Coquitlam, Mundy Park area. It uh, doesn't necessarily sell instantly, but it took us about three to four weeks in that time. We had a couple of offers that didn't quite make a whole lot of sense, and in the end, uh, we put it together. Now, this is in about the $1.1 million range, and just to illustrate, uh, they were quoted commissions in the range of about $32,000 by some other agents, Okay. and in the process of working with me and getting sold, and obviously they're quite happy, the savings was about $19,000. Wow. So, there are significant savings to be had if somebody wants to shop around and find a good agent who offers better value than some of the others. And that's why I'm on the radio. That's why I'm here for the Vancouver consumers. I want people to know if you are considering selling a property, you have options, you have choices. Uh, And if you want to consider a good agent at 1% Realty, I think that's a very wise move because agents like myself, and I'm not the only one out there, we can show you how to full service can be provided, quality um, expertise, but at a fraction of the cost of what some other agents might charge. And this particular agent, Mr. John Carlson from 1% Realty, is also a member friends of the President's Club. And that means Mr. Carlson is in the top 1% of all real estate agents in Vancouver, Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. That's for last year, and it wasn't his first year as a member of the President's Club. An experienced realtor with a 1,000 or more homes sales under his belt, particularly for first-time players in the game, experience really matters. It's not rocket science, but it is a maze that needs an experienced navigator to get you through. I'm Sterling Fox. He's John Carlson. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer right here on 980 CKNW. We'll take a quick pause for the news to the bottom of the hour and back with lots more.
And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. Across the desk from me is John Carlson for 1% Realty and Johnny1percent.com. John, we were talking before the break about uh, uh, young players and young newer players on the real estate scene. But there are a lot of people who've been sitting on their properties and their homes for quite some time. Perhaps, you know, the the couple that's been, they they paid for it in the 70s and now it's just just pay the taxes and, and the utilities and, 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 and watch it escalate in value. But even that, Ian, that's been a fun ride. you got to give them credit for that. But, you know, even in, in many situations where that has benefited them enormously, it's still time to move. And it's time to maybe sell that house and, and take advantage of the increase in, in value that you've enjoyed since you paid it off a few years ago sure. and to downsize. But, you know, you, but you poked around at this idea a few times already. And you've had a, a real estate guy or a gal come in and do a, a walkthrough and give you an estimate. But it's been a while. So in terms of wanting to get in the game and, and having a, a thorough understanding of what today's value of your home really is, how recent should that last estimate have been that you can still rely on the number as being real today? Well, I would say uh, it would have to be quite recent. Um, And I get calls from people often asking me to evaluate their properties for people who are considering selling in the near future. That's what I do. I go out and meet them and I see the home. Right. But I would suggest that you definitely want to update your market evaluation if it's been over a month. Um, because there's always new comparables out there. There may be new uh, ratios in terms of how many listings are on the market that might be direct competitors to yours than there were in the past. Uh, So again, a good agent, that's one of the things a good agent can do, regardless of what commission they might charge, Of course, uh, is to help people understand the market and where their property might fit in in terms of pricing and strategy. Now, you've identified on this program, Vancouver Consumer, that today's consumer is a very informed individual. We right. we consumers are, well, Canadians are nuts about the Internet. We're one of the highest consuming countries of the Internet in the world. So we, we're good with doing homework, especially when the homework is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more than that, in terms of cost to us and all the rest of it. So we do know where to go, realtor.ca and all of those other uh, multiple listing sites and all the rest of us. So we are better. Yes. at understanding the marketplace. But having an understanding of the numbers, John, isn't all that it takes to get it done, is it? Well, no. And sometimes I think there's a certain amount of uh, interpretation that needs to be applied to the numbers. Um, a, a home seller can easily look and see what's on the market. Yeah. It's great to know what listings are there, but sure. they don't always know uh, what has sold recently, or they might not know the details behind some of the sales. They might not understand the trends, but uh, I think... Any consumer uh, is a better consumer if they're if they're more knowledgeable and they're more empowered. And real estate industry, it really pays to do your homework. But there is no, in my opinion, there there's no replacement for a good real estate agent to help guide you through the process. Uh, and and that's really where I come in. My you know my theory when I I've been in the real estate business twenty one almost twenty two years now. Okay. And when I left for one percent realty after almost fourteen years at some of these other companies, I knew that people wanted better value in terms of commission structures, but they also need and want an agent who is on the ball, right? Doing a lot of business, who understands the market and can give timely, accurate information and good advice. And again, that's uh, that's where I step in. Now, we heard uh, in the last half hour from Sandy, who is a client that you've worked with quite recently, John. And uh, we have another clip from Sandy in terms of, uh, well, her experience with you and 1% Realty. Ben? 
You absolutely get at, at least the same quality of service, if not better. I have dealt with the higher commission sales staff. This is actually our first venture into the 1%, and I would argue actually we probably got better um, service than with the other higher, uh, higher commission sales staff. So um, I think that's a misnomer. Interesting stuff. And uh, Sandy had, as she says, uh, spoken with other realtors from other companies and had uh, their pitches. And then she sat down with you after hearing you right here on Vancouver Consumer, had a coffee with you and got the 1% story and uh, decided, well, this is the route we're going to take. Obviously, it worked out great for her. And I want to say thank you to Sandy and Mark for for hiring me and let me do a good job for you. But it Honestly, it just feels great when I hear these things from my clients and they've saved money and they feel good and they, they understand and they can convey to others that, hey, wait a minute, we went to 1% Realty. We went to, to John at 1% Realty sure, and we got great results. We didn't pay as much. And according to Sandy, the level of service was at least as good as what she'd experienced before. And that's really what I strive to do. I'm not just about putting a low price tag on the sale of your home. Right. I want to get you top dollar for your home. I want to charge you less and save you money. In the end of the day, make you a cheerleader and you can send me business. That's really how I survive. A lot of referral business, a lot of uh, neighbors, friends, family from people I've worked with call me and I'm extending this invitation to everybody. It's almost like the the family pricing that you get at a car dealership. Well, we offer it out to everybody. So uh, go to my website or give me a call if you're thinking of selling and I'll show you um, how it works. Great website, very informative, lots of useful information and of course the all-important numbers comparison grid, grid, rather, friends. It's all on the homepage at johnny1percent.com and that's also where you'll find Mr. Carlson's number as which is 604 612 0080 again 604 612 0080 give John just a few more minutes with me and then he'll be available for your phone calls right after the program uh, Sandy was talking about having spoken with other competitive realtors right. before she and Mark opted to go with you and 1% so Obviously, over the course of that meeting with you, I'll bet you the question came up that inevitably seems to come up every time you meet with a new client for the first time. So if those other people are charging more and you're charging less, so what are you doing less for me because of that? And yes, I get that question all the time. And as you were asking it to me, I thought to myself, well, maybe it's not what am I doing less, what am I doing more? Because I think that I make up for what you might see as lesser commissions compared to what some of my uh, competitors charge by doing a lot of volume. Right. So, uh, you know, doing a lot of volume as a real estate agent is good in a couple of ways. Number one, uh, it's good because I, I don't have to cut corners. My business is strong. It's financially healthy. I do just great charging the commissions that I charge. Mm-hmm. The second thing is it keeps you pretty sharp. When you're active on the market and you're showing homes and you're doing evaluations and you're representing buyers and sellers in today's market, I think you're in a good position to give people advice about what's going on in today's market and how to approach it from a seller's point of view. So uh, what am I doing less? I don't think I'm doing anything less, Sterling. I'm, I'm not sure what everybody else is doing. but Well, and Sandy agrees with you. She said, you know, the, the, the expectation that there would be something less was, to use her word, simply a misnomer. There was the, the, you did everything the other guys said they would do and saved much, saved Sandy and Mark some considerable sum of money in the process. Mission accomplished, I guess, because that is my goal, to uh, make people happy first and foremost uh, and uh, to get them a great price for their home, make it a smooth process. And in the end, if they've saved money, they're going to realize that and they're going to be happy. They're going to send me to their friends. Are there problems, though, realistically with the competition because you are um, in, in many ways, saving uh, people money. 
Uh, and so would they look at the competition and go, well, since they charge more, they probably have some kind of hostile relationship with the uh, the lower-priced competition and probably don't cross paths very often and probably would be reluctant to show some of their people properties listed by 1%. Is that the case? Well, that's another big uh, question that I get. Uh, will other agents show my property? Yeah. Are other agents happy to show my property because I collect less commission as a listing agent? And I offer out, 1% really offers out less commission to buyer's agents than some of our competition. Okay. So I guess the way I could address that would be from a practical point of view, when I look at my sales, 90 some odd percent of them are sold by other agents. Other agents show my property. Other agents, of course, including myself, we want to get paid for what we do. Uh, but of course, commissions are negotiable. And the consumer, the, the home seller, this is what you really need to understand. It's up to you to decide what commission you offer out to a buyer. I'm of a firm belief that commissions do not drive sales. Uh, a good property that's priced well and marketed well and represented well is going to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, buyers don't generally care too much about what the commission is. Now, having said that, commissions are negotiable. Sometimes I'll get offers in from uh, other agents at other companies, and they may ask that the commission be modified to reflect more what they might be used to charging themselves. So mm-hmm. there's nothing unethical about that. There's about asking? About right, that. of course. Right. But they, they also may get a no. <laughs> well, the sellers are ultimately in control. Absolutely. And the dynamic, as I see it, is kind of this. Sellers you know, want to get top dollar for their home and have a fair deal on their property, and buyers want a fair deal, and they want to get the best deal they can as well. Uh, commissions don't seem to weigh heavily in the top one or two or three concerns of the buyers uh, you know, on that side of things. So, hey, everything is negotiable. There's no magic bullet in this industry, but one thing I don't do is I don't throw a throw you onto the market with uh, what I might consider a higher commission than 1% realty charges. It's a 1% realty commission. It's very fl- it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. And uh, if negotiating comes, you've got a good negotiator in your corner. And I save my clients money and compared to most of the competition. And that's what I'm going to continue doing. And that's, of course, what it's all about, ultimately, especially in the kind of price ranges. Now, we're not seeing the kind of uh, stratospheric price ranges that we, we saw a couple of years ago. But still, we're seeing increases, particularly at the uh, at the lower end, at the more affordable end, John, either in single-family detached homes outside of town or in condominiums in and around the city because that's where particularly younger first-time buyers, that's the only entry point available to many of them. That's right. And and I work in a lot of those areas. Uh, you know, Maple Ridge, mm-hmm. Pitt Meadows, Mission, Port Coquitlam, Port Moody, uh, and more. Uh, but of course, all the way up to Vancouver and Burnaby and Langley and Surrey and all those areas. But um, you're absolutely right. The market has changed a bit, and these segments seem to be the strongest. Well, and we, as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, there's a little bit more thinking time left. It's not as nuts as it was a year or two ago. Uh, if you see a property that you, you uh, online, and then you go out and take a drive by and go, gosh, that's kind of what we're looking for. Uh, it's not, we, we, you know, we better get an offer in now because by supper time, that place is going to be sold. It's just, there's a little more, as I say, thinking time built into the, to the, to the game right now, John. And that's not a bad thing. At all is it it's not a bad thing of course sellers still want to maximize the sale of price. course and of course i'm not going to discount the idea that a multiple offer situation can come up in fact you know i had one 
recently, can't talk too much about the details, but last time we met, I mentioned an open house that I was having. I was doing an evening open That's house. That's right. It was going to be a Monday night, Monday night in a condo somewhere. Took a chance. Right? And, and how did that work out? Well, we had, uh, I think, seven or eight sets of people, and as a result of that, we actually had two offers. Now, this was a brand-new condo, a little over 600000 ground level on Ranger Lane in Port Coquitlam. Area. I remember the address. Good yeah. little area. Okay. And we did get multiple offers, and I'm happy to say that that is now sold, sold firm. So to Mary and Ellard, I'd like to say congratulations. Thank you for working with me. You you may hear from them next time we're on the show. Um, but this is how it works. That's two weeks ago. Yeah, this is just done this last deal. week. It's done. It's a done deal. Yes. So okay. Experience counts, friends. Experience counts. Absolutely. And uh, but uh, and of course, uh, happy clients and uh, able to save a little bit of money in the process. Absolutely. I think it was about ten or eleven thousand dollars compared to some of the other agents they talked to. So. Again, in these segments, there's buyers out there. It's sure. a good market. It's not a dead market by any means. You just want to be a little bit smarter and make sure you go in with your eyes open and be ready to compete. Interesting. So that was a, an open house that you talked about on this program two weeks ago today that's gone. That, 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 that particular unit has been sold. Right. So what about open houses this weekend? I expect you're hoping for the same kind of results. Where, where are you located this weekend, oh, John? I've got, I was hoping you'd ask me that because I've got two really great listings. Okay. Uh, the first one, I'm going to be there immediately after this radio program. So Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. This is a home at 146 Dogwood Drive in Anmore. I had it last two weeks I ago. I remember you're talking about this on a really quiet street in Anmore, yes. such a picturesque little spot anyway. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful, it's, it's, a, it's about 3,400 square feet rancher with a full basement, high, high quality. This is one of the more exclusive streets out in Anmore. Okay. Uh, 16,000 square foot park-like lot, private, beautiful. We had an offer on it instantly, but the financing fell through. So this property is now available again. It's listed at one million nine eighty-eight, and so it's just under two million dollars. Okay, uh, it's open four to six at one four six Dogwood Drive on Saturday. Come out and see me. This is a really cool house. If you're downsizing, you want something special. You might not want that five or six thousand square foot mansion up in Anmore, but mm-hmm. you like those kind of areas. This is a beautiful little spot. You'll, you'll love it. It's at my website. I've got it three D mapped. Go check it out. Okay, so uh, John will be breaking the land speed record from uh, downtown Vancouver to Anmore <laughs> in just a very few minutes. See, so, what are you up to tomorrow as well? Sunday. Now, here's a, this is a really cool open house as well. Uh, from 2 to 4 on Sunday, I'm going to be at 2020 Arbury Avenue. Now, this is by Como Lake in central Coquitlam. Okay. This is a renovated, gorgeous home built in somewhere around 1970, hardwood floors, vaulted ceilings, Big 8,400-square-foot lot, landscaped, easy to sweep downstairs, big rooms, newer kitchen, newer windows, newer roof, needs nothing. And this one's listed at uh, $1,348,000, and I'm going to be there Sunday 2 to 4, and I would highly recommend you come and see this home if you're looking for a house in central Coquitlam. It is one of the best ones on the market. And now, are these homes, uh, the one that you're going to be at in just a few minutes this afternoon and tomorrow's home in Coquitlam, are they both also viewable at johnny1percent.com? Yes. If you go to johnny1percent.com and go to 3D Tours, you can see these listings. And it's like Google Maps. You can walk through the home. I know. Little bubbles come up and you can click on them and you can show you some of the features of the home. It's really like being there. Uh, but, of course, if you can come to the open house, even better. Come and say hi. But it's that. Uh, there there you go. There's another aspect. 
aspect of the 1% business model that perhaps is not as understood as easily by many people. And again, they do everything, provide exactly the same level of service and quality service that any of their competitors in the marketplace do. And at Johnny1percent.com, these 3D tours really are quite something. And it's a great way to, uh, it beats the heck out of flipping through a couple of photographs from somebody's cell phone now, doesn't it? And it really gives you a much better idea uh, and motivation in many cases. We should go see this place. Look at this place. Absolutely. And it's also great for social media uh, marketing campaigns because when we take the house, it's called a dollhouse tour. You can almost like pick it up and split, uh, spin it around, mm-hmm. look at every room and then focus and go into the, into one of the rooms and walk through it. And we find when we do our social media campaigns uh, prior to open houses and things that that's great marketing. And again, so I'm just going to suggest to you that if you're thinking about 1% really, but you're worried that maybe the agents aren't as good or that you're not going to get the same service or marketing or any of those things simply because the commission's lower, I'm going to ask you to consider this. Commission, does it necessarily relate to the service or commitment that you're going to get from an agent? I'm going to say not necessarily. And if you want to know how that works, go to my website or give me a call because I'm more than happy to talk to you about it. All right. Now, Johnny 1% is the website. Johnny 1%.com is the full address of the website. And again, uh, on the website, you'll find all sorts of useful tips. Again, if you're a first time player in the game, there's lots of useful organization, getting the strategy together, getting your head focused on the massive task uh, of buying and parting with some serious amount of money in the process, John. And it's a very helpful website. And, of course, that all-important grid about commission savings right there in the middle of the homepage. Go take a look at it because, honestly, sometimes I feel like I'm giving away free money. And uh, if you have a house to sell and you want good representation, give me a call. All right. Now, the call can be directed in about a minute's time, friends, because we're just about done here. Uh, You can reach John Carlson anytime except when he's on the radio at 604 612 0080. Let me repeat that for you if you're driving. 604-612-0080. That's John Carlson. And the we- the website again is johnny1percent.com. It's all about 1% realty and the the savings you can enjoy as a person having his or her house sold by a member of the President's Club, a veteran, professional, experienced, active realtor. John, it's always fun when you you come by. We get a, a chance to get caught up on what's going on in this this madness called real estate around Vancouver. Uh, best of luck with your open houses, and you'll have to let us know how that went in a couple of weeks' time. You'll get the update in a couple of weeks. Johnny1percent.com, friends. Check it out. And you can reach Mr. John Carlson at 604-612-0080. John, enjoy your open houses. You better get out of here. Thanks, Sterling. Appreciate it. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another very informative visit. Next weekend, the Canada Day Long Weekend, we'll have two very special presents for you as we welcome back Mr. Fix-It Stephen Bennett from Vancouver's Mid-City Plumbers and Jack of All Trades. He will be here to take your calls and help with your do-it-yourself projects. You got a problem? Call us next Saturday and Stephen will help you out. And present number two next weekend will be a visit with Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster Jim Robson. Vancouver consumers love their hockey and on Canada Day weekend we'll look ahead to see what's in store for the next season for local fans. That's all coming up next Saturday. It's time now for Duly Noted and today 
Our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at the changes to your B.C. Hydro bill. Thanks, Sterling. If you look closely at your B.C. Hydro bill, you'll find a new charge that you may not be aware of. As of June 1st, the B.C. Utilities Commission is allowing B.C. Hydro to collect an extra fee to create a so-called customer crisis fund that will be used to help people who can't pay their bill. The fee works out to about $3 a year. Those who have fallen behind on payments can get up to $600 a year free to catch up. Here's Moira Scott of BC Hydro explaining the new program. So the crisis fund is basically available to customers that are um, in a financial crisis. So things like job loss or a health crisis. The goal is to raise around $5.3 million a year. However, a substantial amount will go to bureaucracy, at least in the fund's first year. The startup cost is $600,000, and annual administration costs are expected to be around $900,000 a year. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. And as long as we're talking BC Hydro... Even though summer didn't arrive until Thursday, this week we experienced our first full-blown heat wave of the summer, and BC Hydro is reporting more record electricity use. The big culprits? Fans, air conditioners, and refrigeration units working extra hard to keep us cool. We set all-time consumption rather records last August, and while this past week may not have been that hot, that we We certainly did give our electronic devices a good workout. Now, BC Hydro has a few suggestions for the next time we're caught in a heat wave. Simple stuff like close the drapes to reduce the heat. Use a clothesline and avoid dryer use. Cook outside on the barbecue or use a microwave to avoid stove and oven heat. And also remember, ceiling fans work best, especially if they're set to counterclockwise to force cooler air down. Last weekend, we reported on the slight increase in TransLink fares coming next weekend, July 1st. Well, this time, we can update that story to include a new plan to remove the zone system and replace it with a distance model instead. The biggest beneficiaries of the new system, if adopted, will be people who use the C-Bus, as the fare will be lowered on C-Bus to be basically the same as a regular bus trip from the North Shore to downtown. TransLink says the C-Bus now is a short trip that crosses a zone boundary thus the higher fare. TransLink is in the middle of a consultation process right now, and if you have some thoughts on the future of public transportation across Metro Vancouver, you can send them along. All the details are at translink.ca slash fare review, and they're open for your input until this coming Friday, June 29th. And that is our show for this hour and today. Thanks again to Jennifer McCracken and John Carlson. Thank you for joining us. Next weekend, Stephen Bennett and the great Jim Robson. We value your feedback. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, send them along to sterling at cknw.com. I'm Sterling Fox. Thanks to Ben Dooley and Andrew Ferreira. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for a special Canada Day weekend edition of Vancouver Consumer right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.